Hi, I'm Teresa Duncan. And I'm Kevin Henry. Welcome to Chew On This. We are excited to bring you our views of current topics in the dental industry and put a little different spin on them, giving you something to chew on. If you need to jump off, be sure to check the show notes for links as well as how to get in touch with us. And now let's give you something to chew on. We're back with another episode of Chew on This. What's up, K-Dog? Teresa Duncan, it is all good. Uh, snowy Colorado. Uh, so uh, looking out on a, a white landscape right now, but always glad to talk to you. Oh, gosh, I just got cold listening to that. Can't wait to move to Florida and warm up all the time. <laughs> hey, the ski bombs here are happy. I can tell you that. So uh, that's a good thing. <laughs> you were skiing recently, or no, you went to a lodge recently, and it was funny, you and I were talking, and you were outside working in the cold, but you were in a, a plastic tent. Yeah, they had the big bubble, you know, like the individual bubbles, uh, you know, during COVID. And uh, my wife and I found one of those. And, you know, it was like 15 degrees outside of Breckenridge, but we were in this bubble and the sun was coming through. Yeah, it's not a, not a bad day at all, but uh, that's cool. I'm kind of getting the itch to go up and, and at least hit slopes once uh, this, this oh. season. I'm just saying. How often do you go? Uh, my once a year, you know, I, I'm, uh, you know, over 50 now, so uh, I don't go very often. But if I go once and uh, get in a couple of good runs, that's not a bad day. All right. Just so saying. there's there's the bunny slopes and then there's oh. they're, they're in ranks. See, I don't know. I don't go. I don't ski. I push the eight year olds out of the way. I'm like, this is my slope. You know, <laughs> you know, ice cream cone is my turf, man. You know, push them out of the way. So. That's fantastic because they're so short. You just really need to nudge them on the forehead, right? Exactly. You know, honestly, you could really hop ahead of them pretty quickly in line because you've got longer strides. So, you know, it, it works out well. You really <laughs> don't need to beat them in line. You need to beat their parents. So if you that's can right. get away, that's so you got to be, just be faster than the parents. It's, it's like, the old <laughs> I, I don't have to be faster than the bear. I just have to be faster than you joke, you know, exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> Now, that wasn't very ethical of us, actually. That ties in really well with my story. Let's talk (laughs) ethics. That would be fantastic, man. So the ADA has uh, released a code of conduct update, and it is because of the pandemic. So I'm not going to read too much into it, like maybe there were doctors who weren't very ethical during this time. I don't want to read too much into it, but I kind of want to. So let's go for it. Do that. There were reports of doctors who were not closed at all during the pandemic when they were asked to be closed. And then there were doctors who didn't open or at least didn't even leave notices to their patients that they were going to be closed. So patients were kind of left out there. So for the two extremes, you had some players there. You heard stories about that, right? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it was, there were doctors who didn't leave notices for their team that they weren't going to be open either. Let's not forget. Can you imagine? Hey, hey, what about my paycheck? And then just silence. Crickets. Just... Crickets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's not cool. You know, the whole new phone, who dis? You know, that, <laughs> that type of thing. So. Can you imagine you call your job and the number is different now? And <laughs> it's like maybe some like Chinese food place. Like, you're like what happened? What happened here? <laughs> you know. Oh, goodness. All right. So I guess the ADA identified this as big of a problem that they need to put out what they call an advisory opinion. So. It's not necessarily changing the full code. An advisory opinion allows them to kind of add something to it without having to rewrite the whole dang thing. So so that's what they've done. So they've added some guidance in there. And basically, I mean, I'll link it. And there's a lot of 
you know, a lot of language to it. But basically what they're saying is we should put the health of the greater good first. However, it should not be at the expense of our patient's health. So really they're saying if there's a public health crisis, we need to act in accordance with whatever guidelines are out there, right? Which the ADA had guidelines. They didn't say that you had to do it because they can't do that, but they had guidelines. But we know from reading and hearing from people that doctors took these as guidelines and blew right past them. You know, guidelines are just guidelines, right? They, they are. And, and the problem that you're seeing and, and you've seen a lot with the pandemic is it's not just dental practices that have done this. It's restaurants, it's bars, it's, it's uh, hair salons. There are a lot of places that have looked the other way. And, and, and obviously, I, I get it because you're running a business. You have bills to pay. I, I understand. But at the same time, this was such a unique circumstance uh, you know, a, a pandemic, and there were people who who simply didn't do the right thing, and they can use money as an excuse, they can use bills as an excuse, whatever it might be. But when you're asked to do something for the greater good, and you turn your back on that because it's better for you, that makes me kind of raise an eyebrow. Well, it, it was very disappointing. There's a there's a specific ad agency in our industry that was actually advising their clients to take out Facebook ads, saying is your doctor closed? We're open, you know, that kind of language. And that's just super, super disappointing. Let me just read a little bit here from the press release. And Dr. Wilson, let me make sure I get his right name here. I'm sorry, Dr. Robert Wilson, who is chair of the Council of Ethics, Bylaws and Judicial Affairs. Boy, that's a that's a meaty title. That is seriously, my goodness. Okay. Basically, during the pandemic, the profession was asked to temporarily defer elective procedures, and it was really up to the dentist in consultation with the patient to determine, you know, what care could be deferred. This is coming from Dr. Wilson. So, again, it is a subjective call on the doctor's part. So then he goes on to say, any attempt to provide guidance on what constitutes a dental emergency should always include the reality that it is a dentist's responsibility to weigh all of the pertinent factors and then provide an appropriate response. So it really brought home to me that if you're an operating doctor and you have a patient who has an active infection and you can do something about it, it's really not cool or ethical to claim, well, I can't be open because of the pandemic, go do something else. But I can already see two schools of thought. Are we then obligated to send them to a specialist or are we obligated to go in and just, and see them? This is still very subjective in my, my mind. That was the problem whenever, you know, flashback to mid-March and, and when everything started crumbling in our society and in our industry, there was so much that was subjective. I mean, there were people who were left to figure out, do I listen to the city or the county or the state or the country? You know, there was a lot of things that we had to navigate through. And a lot of times, unfortunately, it was up to people to decide what was best for them. I am not blaming people for the choices that they made, because I know there were a lot of confusing things out there. And I have talked to dentists who basically threw up their hands and said, I'm going to do what's best for me because I'm getting 10 different answers. You know, and and so I think we've got to think back to how much conflicting information there was at the start of this. And then I I think it's been very ironic that we shut down our industry at a time when infections were actually lower than they currently are as we record this. 
but we know so much more and we have more information. And I think that's the biggest thing we were lacking as much as we were PPE back then. It was, it was information about how do we do the right thing and what is that right? And the guidance from the top dogs has been, like you said, you know, it's, it's not very clear, but it's right. also been changing. And that I think yes. is very frustrating. Good point. I'll put an article up, but I remember reading an article that the CDC uh, recommended some sort of different covering. I'll have to find it. And then OSHA came out and said, well, we don't consider that to protect the employee because that's their focus. Yeah. You know, they want to cover the worker. So now you have CDC and OSHA, you know, it, they're not working together. And I don't know if they should, but I mean, whatever. If you're a doctor trying to figure out what kind of PPE to buy, I'm going to go with OSHA because I don't want to get reported. And OSHA is, you know, I'm going to go with OSHA. And then yeah. you've got another doctor that's going, well, CDC is Center for Disease Control. I mean, we kind of should go with their recommendation. I don't know who the top dog is and the landscape just keeps changing. So I'm not even a doctor and I'm frustrated. So I can't imagine what doctors are dealing with. You know, our, our mutual friend, Mary Gavoni, uh, who's, who's really one of those infection control thought leaders out there, she and I did a, a podcast, I think it was once a week for three straight weeks. And the reason we did that was because information had changed again. And she was trying to get the right information out there because people were looking at last week's information instead of this week's information. And and you're right. The, the change, I think, was one of the biggest frustrations that I, I sensed from Dennis during that time. And, and honestly, I don't blame him. And I'll link this in the show notes. I think the new conversation that's going to come up that's a little bit difficult is with the vaccine available, do I mandate it or not? Yeah. And I don't want to get into that because that's not something you and I prepared for. Uh, our friends at uh, CEDAR... And Bent Erickson have released, uh, you know, articles on this. Can you require it? And if you do, what's going on with it? And what do you have to look out for? Because religious exemptions and all that kind of stuff. So I will link those. Please read them before you put in any kind of mandate in your office. And it's yeah. state dependent too. Like California is now saying that the healthcare workers need to be yep. vaccinated. So yep. I don't know if that means there's going to be a domino effect in all of the states are going to I saw, that. I think I saw Tennessee uh, was that way. Yeah, I've seen a couple of states where oral healthcare workers were considered frontline workers, which I think is great. Yeah, that's great. But you're exactly right. You know as well as I do, there are folks that aren't really excited to be the first ones in line mm -hmm. for the vaccine either. So, so yeah, so we'll link that. And honestly, the thought of not getting into that vaccine conversation is appealing to me because I'm already exhausted talking about it. Uh, so. <laughs> Right. So the holiday season was nice and calm. And you it mentioned was. that you saw something pretty cool in the holiday season. You know, it was a different Christmas. It was a different Hanukkah. It was a different whatever you celebrate, uh, you know, because so many families weren't together. And and I think that we all needed a little bit of good news. And I saw something over the break that I told Teresa I just wanted to touch on uh, during this because I thought it was really cool. One of the things that we always watch here are those stop action, you know, Christmas movies and, you know, there's Hermie, the elf who wants to be the dentist and, you know, and, and we know about the Bumble getting his teeth taken out and all that stuff. I, I thought there's a real life Hermie out there, which is kind of cool. So I wanted to just touch on this and just say uh, kudos to uh, Special Wish Cleveland out of Ohio, as well as Crest and Oral-B. I, I thought this was really cool. There's a young man. Eight years old out of the Cleveland area. His name is Alex Carrico. And you know what he wants to be when he grows up? A dentist. A dentist. Aw. An eight-year-old who wants to be a dentist. But this is no ordinary eight-year-old. This is one who is already uh, 
beat uh, a neuroblastoma, a rare form of cancer. He's still going through treatment for that. So, you know, and it's just one of those stories, you know, as a parent, it just, it just rips your heart out to think about a, a kid going through this. It was told that he wanted to be a dentist. And so Special Wish Cleveland and Crest got together to make sure that he got a day to be a dentist. Wow. And how about this? He's shadowing at a practice. He's learning about dentistry. I think it's just the coolest thing ever. And then the last patient of the day, the last patient of the day, they say, Alex, guess what? You're going to get this patient. He's all yours. He's in there waiting on you. And he walks in and none other than our good friend, Chris Kringle, Santa Claus Ooh. is there in the chair. And, and so, uh, you know, he got to actually be the lead dentist on Santa Claus. And I thought it was great because he made sure to say that he discovered, uh, let's see, uh, they asked him what they found in Santa's mouth. And he said, and I quote, he had a lot of cavity. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, the cookies and milk that we always think is so good. Maybe Santa, you know, for, for the diabetic and the, the oral health reasons needs to cut back a little bit. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I mean, Christmas really tests your will. If you're coming down the fireplace, every house and there's milk and cookies, I mean, who can resist? <laughs> and I thought this was pretty good because the kid recommended that, you know, you still leave out the cookies and milk. You can't take that away from Santa, but maybe you leave out some mouthwash or a, a toothbrush and toothpaste as well. <laughs> I'm like, that is awesome right That's there. amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Crescent Oral-B should make like peppermint mouthwash or something in red and green to I'm leave for Maybe that should be the movement. Cookies and milk and a little bit of swish. That's what you need for for Christmas. I, I think we're already looking at 2021 Christmas right there. And uh, Santa <laughs> might be real surprised every chimney he comes down. He's like, oh, here's a little reminder for me yet again. How wonderful. <laughs> it's like, so, what's this kid trying to say? What's up <laughs> with this kid? <laughs> and of course, we know that, you know, Santa has a lot of helpers who dress up like him. Of course, we know that. Uh, you know, so I'm just thinking this guy's in the chair. He's like, wait, I got cavities? What the heck? You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> so he found a lot of cavities in the mouth, but I got to ask, do you think he found a lot of stuff in the beard? Because Santa's beards are thick. I, I'm just telling you, there there had to be some PPE working there because I'm <laughs> guessing there were some Twizzlers or something hidden in there. There's no doubt. So, so you just place a face shield or a <laughs> towel over Santa's face and you just spritz the hell out of the beard. Is that what we do? Just bring out the cavicide on the beard. <laughs> you know, I'm sure when Santa gets back to the North Pole, he's just got to like, you know, go into the radioactive shower, like in Monsters, <laughs> Inc. or something, you know. I'm just telling you, just to get it all Mrs. Off. Claus is like, you need to lose some weight. <laughs> wow. Dude. Did you not brush all night? You've got horrible breath. I'm just telling you. My God. We needed to send out the uh, the extra team of reindeer to bring you home. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, poor Santa. We're totally ripping on Santa. I think yeah. this is phenomenal, though, that this little boy got to be a dentist. And so they let him look in people's mouths. They did. Wow. Well, yeah, they, they, let, they let him shadow the dentist. Uh, which I thought was really cool, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that was great. And then, yeah, Santa was the last one of the day. But I'm like, what a cool experience, because I don't know that that was in my mind whenever I was growing up, that I could I would be a dentist or that I would be in the dental industry. And maybe we need to do more of this shadowing or talking to kids, you know, again, about, about what a great career it is, not just as a dentist, but as a hygienist or assistant or, you know, an insurance coordinator even maybe, hey. 
Yeah, I did not think about dentistry <laughs> when I was eight years old. Do you remember, like, what what is it that you wanted to grow up to be? Do you remember? Uh, you know, I don't, honestly. I mean, I, I think I went through the whole fireman pro football player uh, phase like every other boy did. But uh, what about you? Well, I was supposed to be a doctor. So I was always told that I was going to be a doctor, you know, Asian mom checking in. I never really wanted to be a doctor. So I never really like did all the doctor stuff. I wanted to be a singer, but that's a really like bad memory because I don't, I can't sing well. So, (laughs) so I remember singing for my parents and my dad, you know, you've met my dad. He's very, he's a good guy. He's a good guy, but he is very like, what the hell are you doing? So that's, (laughs) you know what? God bless him. Cause it's not like parents, if you're out there and you're thinking, wow, he really pushed your dreams down. No, no, that was like tough love. And I'm glad he did that. So, cause that would have been bad. I would have been on some outtake of American Idol, I think, or or something. But honestly, that's even still like a far memory. I wish I could remember what I really wanted to be. Yeah, honestly, I, 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 wow. I don't. Yeah, I mean that's that's a really good point. I'm having. I'm even trying to think. You know, whenever I got to high school, I knew I wanted to be involved in sports and in journalism. So when did you kind of switch over to the dental side of things? I'm curious. Well, you know. It, what you just said just reminded me. I did take a lot of journalism courses. I did take a lot of English courses. I would, I probably, I would have loved to be to have been a journalist. Um, and I think that's why I got into blogging and all of that. So the switch to dentistry is that I had been waitlisted for medical school, and I took a part time job at the dental office. It was a part time job. I didn't. I was like, okay, I'm not going to have to do much. I don't think. Of course, I had no idea what I was doing. Every job I'd had was fun. So I figured this will be fun. And then my boss was amazing. And then I just kind of stuck. So much to the chagrin of Mama, Mama Duncan. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. And then you kind of stumbled into dentistry. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, I I had been in sports public relations. I needed a job uh, because the, the job I had moved from Tulsa to Kansas City. My daughter was less than one year old. And I knew that wasn't going to fly to move her away from her grandparents. I was one of the finalists for the Tulsa Public Schools Public Relations Director position. Hmm. And then all of a sudden, Dental Economics needed a managing editor, and they offered me the job. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take this. And then if that TPS thing comes through, I'm I'm all over that. Trust me. You know, I'm just going to take this temporarily. And sorry, Lyle, if you're listening to this, but that was my thought <laughs> process. And all of a sudden, next thing I know, I'm in Hawaii talking to this uh, Duncan lady and uh, Rita Zamora on on what is still one of the best YouTube videos out there. I'm just going to link the screenshot to it. So (laughs) what Kevin's talking about is that this is, what, 12 years ago? 15? I don't even know. It's a gazillion years ago. It's longer than that, I tell you. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, my gosh. And it's myself, Kevin, and Rita Zamora, our dear friend, and, and he's talking to us about insurance and social media, you really found a way to just pigeonhole everything into one interview, I swear. <laughs> I, I had like 10 different people standing around. And now let's talk about pediatric dentistry. You know, so. But we look like babies. When I oh look at that God. picture, we are we babies. And we are. so we're going to post it in the show notes, although, and not tell Rita, because I don't think Rita wants that picture out. But you know what? She looks adorable. Well, she does. And, and we took a vote and two out of three said to post it. So sorry. That's right. That's right democracy man (laughs) so yeah that's interesting how we kind of stumbled in and you know talking to a lot of our colleagues i would say unless you are a dentist or a hygienist everybody else kind of stumbled in as well yeah i think there are a lot of folks unless you had some family member who had done it uh you know yeah it was just one of those oh okay you know and suddenly 20 years later you blink and you're still in the industry so 
So my real takeaway from this conversation is that if you're in your early 20s, late, well, whatever, if you can still remember what you wanted to be when you were a kid, you need to write it down and email yourself down the road. Because obviously when you get decrepit like we are, we can't remember anything. You can't. I barely remember breakfast at this point. So yeah, I get it. You know, just say it. Oh, it's so terrible. All right. I swear we're capable of doing this podcast. Okay. <laughs> Well, that is really fantastic for that young little boy. And that's awesome that he had a, a wonderful Christmas. I, I thought that was very cool. And, and again, kudos to uh, those of you out there who make wishes come true for, for sick kids and, and for kids who just want to know more about what you do and you actually take the time to do it. I think that's one of the greatest things that you can do at Christmas or any other time of the year. That's fantastic. So I And I urge them to actually become dentists because then that leads into our next story of Someone who is not a dentist, but pretended to be one. It's almost mm. like, you know, that uh, there's that hotel ad where like, remember, like if you want wake up to be a businessman or I don't, I forget what the word. Oh, you must be a brain surgeon. No, I slept at a Holiday Inn Express last <laughs> night. Yeah. You know, I was kind of like, is that that easy? Man, sign me up. You I'm know, down. I think, I think for Juan Ramos Jacoby. In Loudoun wow. County, Virginia. So it's right around the corner from me, actually. He was arrested earlier this year for pretending to be a dentist. He had a makeshift dental clinic out of his home. And I really hope they publish pictures because I would love to see what a makeshift dental office looks like. Because I've seen re real dental offices that look like a makeshift dental office. So I'd love to see what an actual <laughs> makeshift dental office looks like. So he was charged, and this is unfortunate. I'm not going to laugh about this because it's really terrible, but he was charged with uh, sexually assaulting a mildly sedated minor while he was practicing dentistry. And there were other counts, uh, five counts of sexual assault, five counts of practicing unlicensed dentistry. Um, there's more charges coming forward. And that's why this, this story got kicked back up into the current news cycle, because even more victims are coming forward. So he just keeps getting charges piled against him. So I will try to keep track of this case because I am, first of all, it's local. So I really, we don't get very much dental crime here in Northern Virginia. So I want to see how that goes. And, and I really just want pictures to be quite honest with you. Well, and I've seen some pictures of past uh, folks who have been impersonating dentists or doing dentistry without a license. And I know one of them had like the big, almost mystery machine van uh, that, they, that they were working in. And I'm just like, you know, I've seen these folks when I drive into parking lots at malls and they're like, you know, I'll fix your windshield, you know, and it mm. looks like, yeah. And, I, and I'm like, that's kind of what it reminded me of. Interesting. You know, I know times are hard, but if that's where I've got to go to have some dental work done, that's, that's a problem. I don't know about you. Let's talk genders for a second. As a female, when I see a van, especially a white panel van, I am immediately like, oh my God, silence of the lambs. I got a hug. <laughs> Buffalo Bill's going to get me. So I have to be real careful. But if the mystery machine drove up next to me, I might be like, hey, what's going on there? And it just occurred to me that if there were evil Scooby and Shaggy, I'm, I'm done. It could happen, you know, and, and let's not forget the mystery machine. If I, if I have my childhood lore correct, 
I don't believe it had any windows in it either in the back. So, oh my gosh. So therefore, you know, it's, it's, it is enticing and yet scary. Hmm. There's alternate Scooby-Doo reality. I'm telling you. <laughs> Just tell me. Never get next to a van ladies, because when you watch enough horror movies, like I do, that always is the beginning of the end. So, and then ice cream trucks, do, you know, do you remember when ice cream trucks were nice and pure? And then Hollywood got a hold of it being like the, oh, the, the mechanism for pedophile. <laughs> now, now you just hear even that little pop goes the weasel. That's just like one note off and you're going up. Oh, there it is. You know, you're expecting it at that point. <laughs> yeah. A real ice cream person would have fixed that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. So we'll, we'll definitely keep an eye on that on a serious note. And, and we're not talking to patients. So we're not really talking to the people who need to hear it, but patients really should be aware that there are, licenses and certifications and all of that. And, and that's why we display them. And hopefully people will realize when they're going to the wrong thing. But I also understand that some of these makeshift dentist clinics pop up because of cost. They do yeah. that because people can't afford to actually go to the dentist. Yep. And that's why this guy, you know, was running it. And I didn't know we were going to talk about this before we came on. Uh, but I was reading yesterday how they were talking about the home remedies have gone up so significantly during COVID because people either can't get to the doctor or are scared to go to the doctor or mm -hmm. can't afford to go to the doctor. And so now all these things that you're seeing on TikTok or YouTube that may seem a little out there, people are trying more because they're desperate to do something to heal themselves or to get out of pain. And so when you started talking about that, that's the first thing I thought is, you know, if, if I've lost my job, if I'm in pain, I don't have the money for a dentist. And somebody says, hey, I'll do it for 20 bucks, you know, or whatever it might yeah. be. Sad, sadly, it starts looking good. Yeah, because honestly, tooth pain, I've had it only once in my life when Oof. I had a filling that cracked. It's the worst, isn't it? Yeah, it it's, is. it's distracting. You can't focus on anything. I've never understood the people who come in with massive infections. And it's been like that for a while. I'm like, how do you... Well, I guess it's a diet of Advil and Tylenol and Percocet. I mean, it's really the only way. But man, I, I'm like you. If there's even the slightest amount of pain, oh, I'm I'm seeing about it. I'm just telling you, I do not have that high pain threshold. No way. Wow. We're dental wusses. How about that? We are. So. You know, and, and, and the dentists out there are giving thumbs up right now going, good. You know, yay. More business for me. That's why they really put out cookies for Santa. Now it all comes twofold, see? That's right. All right. So now let's talk about, so we've already had one case of really just bad doings. Let's talk about the bathroom bandit case that has popped up in Illinois. So do you, you've, re you've read about this? I, I, ha I have read about it. It's been well covered. Uh, I think the Chicago Tribune, AP, it's, it's been out there quite a few places. Okay. So I want to point out that the defendants are Aspen Dental Management. And the practice's owner, Abigail Breyer, DMD, and her corporation, ABD Dental Management. Now, I want to make clear, they're not the ones who put the camera in. They are, however, the plaintiffs, I'm sorry, the defendants. And I'll tell you why. So there was a hygienist who worked in this office, and it was found that this hygienist, it's a, it's a male, Alleged, let me just read this. The lawsuits allege the dental hygienist apparently possessed a criminal record um, prior to his two month employment, and the practice did not conduct a sufficient background check. So, this employee had put in not just one, but two cameras in the bathrooms at this office. And 
two employees, one doctor and one dental assistant, actually had to quit their jobs because of mental and emotional distress caused by the incident. And at first I read, oh, wow, you know, that's that's like extreme. But you know what? When your trust is gone and yeah. you are just freaking out, I mean, I think I'd need some mental time off too. What about this case, Kevin? Well, the thing that jumped out to me was the hiring process. And mm-hmm. I think you and I know that hiring in today's dental industry has become a very uh, interesting minefield to navigate because people are so often just looking for somebody, anybody to do the job. Mm-hmm. And and I think a lot of steps are being skipped in a lot of practices. And so I, I hope the lesson that comes out of this is make sure you know who you're hiring. Make sure you know if there's a background that you need to be aware of. You know, hiring for a heartbeat is never a good thing. And, mm-hmm. and I, pandemic or not, but I, that's the biggest thing that I took away from all of this is that I, I hope it's a lesson to everyone about that next employee who comes in, who seems perfect on the surface, you know, let, let's make sure you're, you're taking the time to really see what, what's in the background too. I am a huge fan of background checks because I have been a part of these checks and found something. I've been in the position of seeing what turns up on background checks that have thankfully avoided me, let me avoid, uh, you know, dodging a bullet. And I've coached offices that have gotten background checks and they dodged a bullet by doing it. So I'm not saying every employee that you don't get a background check is for is going to come back, you know, bad. But as an employer, I would like to cover myself on this. And I always made the comment in classes that it's interesting how dentists will run background checks on their nannies, you know, because the most precious, of course, is the children. But their second most precious asset, biggest asset is the office. And they're not running background checks on people they leave in charge of their office. And that just has never made sense to me. It it doesn't to me either. And and I know our friend Susan Gunn and and so many others would shake their head because if you're letting people near your finances and you don't know if they've had an issue with that in the past, uh, that's, that's playing with fire. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we're so protective. I don't know about you. I'm sure you are too, but we're so protective of our credit score. Sure. So protective of making sure our money's in the right place. I mean, I'm pretty sure Norman, before we got married, ran a background check on me. Um, yeah. <laughs> hey, it happens. I get it. <laughs> All right. You're good. But, but that's okay because I took him to the dentist to get his teeth checked out. So we're even. So there you go. See, I like that. <laughs> so this whole thing made me also think of one one uh, task that you could do, there are camera detectors out there. Did you know about this? I did not. There are tools. It's a tool that you can buy pretty much anywhere and it emits a red light. It flashes it over and over and quickly flashes it. And what it does is you shine it on surfaces and any reflective surface or a camera, it will pick up immediately. So you know how people hide their cameras in like the the stuffed animal or whatever? Of course, yeah. If you're a a nanny trying to get away with stuff, you're going to bring this in and you're going to just flash everything in the room and you're going to find out where the cameras are and then you're going to stay out of range. No, but really, that's the evil nanny. But seriously, if you're an employee of an office and you suspect this is going on, there are ways to find that out if you don't know where the cameras are. I hope that we're not in a point in time where you have to have one everywhere, but I will tell you, all the travel blogs that I read, a lot of them are for single female travelers. I read a lot of those blogs because they have very interesting uh, experiences. And a lot of them car- carry that around because they go into so many public bathrooms all over the place that have cameras. Wow. Yeah. Things I just would not have even thought about. Well, wow. I, I mean, I don't know if really, is there a market for men's bathroom cameras? I would say I mean, no. Well, well. <laughs> 
Okay, then. I see where I lie. Okay. <laughs> I was going to go buy one of these little devices, but just forget it now. Just forget that. I would be thing. shocked if a woman put a hidden camera in a man's bathroom. I would be shocked for that. Maybe I need to go find the single male travel blogs and start reading those. You know, there's probably a whole different uh, uh, lexicon of things. You're going to get on a whole different mailing list, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) And you might like it. You never know. You got to clear that with Dana before. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, honey, what is this in your search history? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. We totally went off topic. But. That's the interesting thing, though, about the hiring process. You brought it up. Uh, We need to be more mindful, more corporate-like, cover our butts when we bring somebody in. Background checks, you know, 10 years ago, it's kind of like, yeah, I've got some money to spend. I'll do it. I don't think you can't not. You have to do it now. You have to. I I think you do, too. And it's not just for your peace of mind, but I think it's also to protect your team as well. Because if something comes back like this, you know, and, and yes, it's an extreme example, but if something comes back like this and your team doesn't think that you took steps to protect them as well, I think that that's something that could really come back and bite you. And Aspen Dental has, you know, released something that says, you know, we regret that this happened and kudos to the law enforcement team, but they're still being named in the lawsuit. You know, Aspen Dental, uh, it sounds like they had nothing to do with this. They're not directing this employee to do it. So obviously this employee wanted to just record stuff, but the employers and management companies are still liable. So if you are in that class, employers, management companies, managers, you would be held liable as well if it was found that you didn't take steps to make sure that your workplace was a safe environment. We talked about this a couple episodes ago when talking about guns on uh, uh, practices. and, And we were talking about that one lady, Dr. Vargas in California, who wanted to sell, looking to sell her office because the situation outside her office due to homeless and crime was unsafe for her team. So we had a whole talk about that. So go back a couple episodes if you're, if you missed that one, because that was an interesting one. And I think you've got to, in this day and age, you've got to think of protection on all different levels. You've got to think of it on the mental aspect. You've got to think of it on the physical aspect. In this situation, you've got to think of what could happen technology-wise as well, you know, because you've got to think that may not just be recording with cameras, there could be sound devices, there could be all sorts of things that people who are motivated enough to cause issues or to get the upper hand on someone can actually implement. You know, if I'm that office, I'm doing a check on everything because if he's recording this, who knows if he's making copies of the hard drive, who knows if he's making copies of patients' identification information, any kind of breach like this means I'm pulling back all the covers and taking a look at everything. As a manager, that's what I would be doing right now. Well, and with the new year started, I don't think that's such a bad thing to really think about in your practice is what kind of sweep can you do mm-hmm. to make sure that, that your employees are safe, your data is safe, you know, everything. Well, and I think you just need to walk around with that flashing light and find out where all the cameras are. I, I like that, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I, I need to, I'm going to go search for that. That's very I mean, there's nothing wrong with a camera in the office because everybody knows about it, if everybody knows about it. But the ones in the bathroom, that just doesn't. Yeah, there are certain places it shouldn't go. Let's just be perfectly honest. Yeah, and I just hope, let me just say this now and we'll end it on this note because I'm just going to be gross here. But I hope it was just a, a video only. See, see, you just <laughs> had to go there, didn't you? You just had to. Because you know what? That just makes it just disgusting on a whole different level. Everyone was thinking it. I just said it. So there. <laughs> it's true. Y'all know you were thinking about it. <laughs>
we have started off the year with a bang. Look at that. Wow. Three stories. We went interesting, ethical. We went hopeful. And then we went totally to the bathroom humor. <laughs> that sounds like normal for us. This is a normal day. So it's a Tuesday here. That's what it is. So. <laughs> Okay, so dear listeners, we are so happy that you stuck with us for another turn of the year. I mean, this is actually, this is our first turn of the year for this podcast. We have had listeners on our other podcast, Nobody Told Me That for me, and Dental Assistant Nation for you. So we invite you to check those out and all of the other podcasts on Dental Podcast Network as well. So any closing thoughts, K-Dog? I'm excited for what this year is going to bring. And I know you and I are going to stay on top of things for our listeners. And uh, here's to a great 2021. There you go. All right. Thank you, everyone, for spending their time with us. And that's a wrap for this episode of Chew on This. We hope you laughed and learned a little. Check out the show notes for any links we mentioned. And don't forget to give us a rating on your podcast app. Feel free to drop us a comment on social media or by email if you have any suggestions for future topics. We'll be back in about two weeks. See you then.